I saw you dancing and I just <laughs> that was like the funniest thing. What a, I, I wish everyone could have seen what I saw. Well, they can't. You were just like <laughs> <laughs> anyways, everyone. Uh welcome to uh the perspective where <laughs> where you call in each week with your supernatural claim, conspiracy theory, or belief in aliens, and we talk about it. Uh, anyways, Kenneth, how you doing today? Uh, you know, I'm jamming. I'm feeling it, you know? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. What about you, IQ? I'm good, man. This is, uh, this is exciting. <laughs> Sorry for, for starting a minute late, guys. We were, we were right. having a conversation. We were talking about precepts. You know, that's an exciting topic, but we do have our first caller. However, before we get to that, Kenneth, what is yep. your favorite fallacy? Oh, man. I don't but know about favorite. We have our first caller. My bad. What's that? My bad. It started playing the video back. Please continue. Oh. Uh, I mean, there's there's a bunch uh, that are fairly common. Um, I think just ones that... that would make for better if we could get rid of some of them. I mean, if we get rid of all of them, it would make the world a better place. Um, but that's not happening. But but there are some that keep popping up in conversations that I have with people. Um, uh, straw man probably happens the most um, where someone I, is I, so a straw man fallacy is is you know you're misrepresenting someone's someone else's argument with something that's easier to attack than what their actual argument or position is. So for example, if someone says, Ethan, you're just an atheist because you hate God. It's a lot easier to tear you down from that position than to actually engage you, you know, where you really are. Um, so that'd be an example of a straw man. Um, I, 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 I know I said last time I was on that we should do a few, um, a few of these every time. Um, ad hominems come up an awful lot. Ad hominems are when someone starts saying something about you Personally, it's an attack on you personally. An attack. I mean, it's 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 a it's a fallacy. It's it's so if, oh. if you're if you're um, it, it's saying that you're wrong because of something about you instead of saying you're wrong because of something being wrong with your argument. So if someone's like, well, you know, what Ethan said is false because Ethan's a shithead. That's not an argument. <laughs> there's no way for us to know you know if what they said is valid or or, or anything or, or even sound you know based on based on the, the criteria that they presented so it's a, a way of avoiding again dealing with the actual argument or substance of what you're saying by resorting to attacking you in, instead um and that's what i mean it, ultimately uh you know at the end of the day that's what fallacies are it's it's ways uh for all th that, that we all engage in in avoiding dealing with an argument that's in front of us by doing some other crazy shit. So yeah. Um, next time I'll be better prepared with, uh, I, I no, it, this is my fault. I should have actually laid this out and been like, Hey, let's talk about these few. So I accept the blame for this. So can I, can I really quickly? Cause what Brian just said in, in the, in the, the, the comment that popped up. So a genetic fallacy, um, the, this and ad hominems get, get, um, mixed up a lot there and they often overlap. So for example, if I said you can't believe X because you heard it on Fox news, that, that would be an example of a genetic fallacy where you're saying something is, is wrong because of where it came from. Um, so, you know, saying, so that would be you know, like, you just, can't, 
so Fox News, we all know, isn't necessarily always credible, but you can't always assume it's not credible either. So yeah, if they tell you the time, they were probably right yeah. about telling you what time it was. It came from Fox News, but it was right. Okay, Instant right. Fallacy. Right. So but the majority again, you, of the rest of the information, you're probably <laughs> right on. <laughs> right. Dismissing something because of where it came from is is never um, technically a, a, a. I mean, it's it's a, it's a fallacy. You need to dismiss it because of what it is, um, not because of who said it. Yeah, would be the would be the idea. So well, you know, I always said every episode, I either want to learn something new or teach something new. I learned something new. I did not know what a genetic fallacy was. I didn't even know it existed. And I struggle yeah. with that one because Fox News is a is a is a is, is, is an awful but terrific <laughs> example for that because yeah. I have such a bias towards that because yeah. a, a good majority of what comes from there is extremely biased and I can't take any of that shit seriously, but I have to step off of that and actually dig into what they're saying because sometimes it might be correct, yeah. you know? Yeah. Cable news broadly is, is usually pretty bad. Uh, every every uh, once in a while, um, P Research will do a, a, a media literacy uh, sort of survey where they'll they'll poll Americans on current events and then ask them you know what their news sources are that they consume and then they will will there's there's models that they create that's like well based on where you get your news from how likely are you to know what's going on in the world around you and really uh, yeah and people who watch Fox News reliably know less about what's going on in the world than people who consume no news at all. Because not only are they uninformed, they're misinformed. But this is true about other cable news networks as well. The other thing uh, that should be pointed out about the genetic fallacy is that it's a two-edged sword. It also applies to saying something's right because of where it came from. If you say, this is true because I you know, heard it from Ethan, and we all know that Ethan only says things that are, that are true. That's that, not true. That would be, well... That would be another way that the genetic fallacy uh, cuts. It's it's accepting a conclusion based on where where it, it has come from would be the yeah. It's, it. it's dangerous. It's easy to step in. Um. All right. Are you both ready to get to our first caller of the evening? Let's do it. All right. Let it be we done. have uh, Danielle, and she would like to talk about uh, the metaphysical. Danielle, you are now on with Kenneth and IQ. How's it going? It's going good. Thanks for having me, guys. Thanks for taking the time, and I uh, hope we can find some answers through this talk. Sweet. Us too. I mean, yeah. you know, there's no show without the callers, so thank you for, for calling in. Indeed. Yeah. So, I'm sorry? So, do you just want me to start talking, uh, tell my story? Sure. Yeah. Generally, the, the the format is that you know when people call in, there will be some claim, something that they believe, and then we just sort of talk about why they believe it, if, you know, what their reasons are for believing it, that type of thing. Okay. So I'm not sure I have something that I believe in, but I've definitely had some interesting things happening to me that I can no longer like ignore. I guess okay. I would say. Um, my belief is that maybe I have some sort of connection, gift, whatever you want to call it, to um, maybe get some messages from the dead. Mm. Um, and I 
little background with that is I've had many friends, family as well, pass away. So uh, death is nothing new to me. Um, and through those, I've always felt that um, there's this limbo stage uh, with death where a lot of my friends actually passed away from opiate overdose, uh, mostly probably accidental. Um, and I always feel like there's kind of like that limbo stage where, you know, they're not really sure they're dead or, you know, they're just really sorry about what they did and stuff like that. And I feel that these things happen more so during that week or two weeks after the death um, until they fully accept it is how I feel. I also don't know if I fully believe in this stuff, but just from my experiences. Um, so I have a lot of like little stories that lead up to this big story. Uh, would you like me to start with the littler ones or just kind of tell you what happened recently that was just very profound? Well, I think that the probably the best way to use our time would be if you lead with whatever your your most compelling story is. So um, if the claim is that you think that you may be able to um, you know communicate with people who have passed away, um, then uh, yeah, I think I would start with the 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 best evidence that you've got. Okay. All right, so this happened really not that long ago. I'm kind of new to the area here in Washington. And uh, my, my boyfriend was introducing me to his two friends um, at their place. It was my first time meeting them, uh, John and Megan. And we were just sitting on the porch, you know, having a good time. They were sitting there telling jokes. And I was sitting there really not able to pay attention to what they were saying because all I felt was just kind of this sensation that something was kind of like tugging on my arm. So I was trying to ignore it, you know, trying to be present with uh, his friends and meet everybody and whatnot. But I just couldn't ignore it. And I kept like looking over my shoulder, like there's nothing there. Um, and I just kept feeling it. It was kind of like this heavy weight on my shoulder. And so I was like, okay, this is weird. What's going on? And in my head, I was just, you know, trying to be present within my body and my surroundings, not being able to pay attention to whatever they were talking about. Um, and I was just kind of like looking for answers. Like, what is, this? what is it trying to tell me? Um, and then I had something, you know, it just kind of like turned my head to the right and I saw this pink shoe and then it turned my head this way and I saw this other pink thing and then my head turned another way and it was another pink thing and I was like okay well that's kind of something and let alone I don't know these people at all I didn't want to sound crazy I didn't want to bring this up but that pressure on my shoulder was just like okay I have to say something and you know like during that point they're like okay Danielle do you have any jokes to share with us so I was like, honestly, I have no idea what you guys were just talking about. I just wanted to say, Megan, there's somebody here on like my left side. I don't know what's going on, but they just wanted to show me all these pink things. And Megan ran. She started bawling her eyes out, ran into the house. And I was like, okay, that's really weird. I let her do her thing, give her some time. And then I went out to see her and make sure she was okay. Well, her dad had passed away about two weeks ago, and she has a sister who um, her dad would always bring Megan pink things and her sister blue or purple things. Um, and I didn't, I didn't know this chick at all, didn't know the story. 
And it was just like, wow, that was powerful. And there were other people there too that were like, okay, that was a little crazy. Um, and I was like, yeah, that was really crazy. And it feels weird for me too. Like, I don't know if I believe it, but I couldn't not say anything. Um, trust me, I wanted to, you know, but it was just like too powerful that I was like, I have, I can't sit here and not say anything. Hmm. Um, so, so, yeah. So the first place that my mind goes, I'm wondering, um, there, there's a guy who passed away not long ago, uh, named James Randy. Have you ever heard of, you ever heard of James Randy? I have not. So James Randy, who was also known as the amazing Randy, um, was a magician who was active for gosh, years and years and years and years. And, um, he had a, a foundation that offered a million dollar cash prize to anyone who could demonstrate evidence of anything supernatural. Um, and there were three questions that Randy would ask people when they would talk about having um, any connection to uh, you know, something beyond our conventional understanding, whether that be you know, talking to gods or the dead or, or whatever the case may be. He'd ask them, what is it that you can do? Under what conditions? And how reliably can you do it? So Randy had this, this perspective that we would need to answer those, those questions before being able to even begin um, making any kind of conclusions about how we could, how we could test someone's abilities um, and, and, and start figuring out you know, what abilities, in fact, they, they had. So I think those three questions are, are where I'd want to begin, if, if that's all right with you. Yeah, absolutely. I'm happy to answer some questions. My main goal to reaching out for Ethan was to, you know, um, talk to somebody that has dealt with these kinds of things before to, um, I'm also a nurse and I understand sometimes, you know, we have to heal ourselves or we could hurt ourselves by absorbing other people's energies. And so I was really reaching out to find a way how not to harm people or myself with this kind of stuff, but um, yeah, I'm definitely happy to talk about it because, you know, I'm just looking for answers as well. Can I ask, when you say absorb people's I energies, I'm wondering when, when you, when you say absorb people's energies, are you referring to something happening at the level of the brain or are you talking about something that um, is, is like a, an actual energy transference from one individual to another in, in some sense? Well, yeah, you know, therapeutic connections as a nurse, I'm taking care of people physically, you know, their lab values, this and that, but I'm also taking care of their psyche. And sometimes while taking care of somebody's emotions or whatever, you can take them on as like an empath. And hmm. if you don't know how to let those flow through you or, you know, just not let them touch you, it can really build up and hurt you. Sure. I, so I'm it, wondering... It's more of a, like a, a chi type energy than somebody would colloquially would say like, you know, they're draining their mental energy, uh, you know, just referencing their, you know, cognitive patients or anything like that. It's more of a chi thing, I guess, to lightly put it. No, I would say it's all, all together. Um, I'm not sure what 
what you define as chi, but, you know, my, my person, my light, my soul um, can get affected if I'm not protecting myself properly. That's, that's yeah. where I was getting yeah. at. I was wondering, like an essence. I was wondering if you were referring to something like a soul or if you were talking about like brain states, um, because yeah, no, my well-being. Yeah, because I, I understand people will sort of colloquially refer to something being good for their soul. Um, but I'm I'm wondering if if you mean like literally that we have that you, that you think that we have something um, sort of immaterial about ourselves um, that that can be affected by other people or, or other entities acting upon it. Yeah, I'm still on my spiritual quest, so I'm not 100% sure of that, but um, I do believe in, you know, my, my spirit needs healing as well. I don't know. Yeah, I, I'm wondering if, if, if to, when you speak of your spirit, if you're talking about, like, a, a, a thing, an immaterial thing. I mean, because when I talk about my, just, so I'm, I'm, a, I'm a materialist, right? So I... I I um, am a, a metaphysical naturalist, so when I'm when I'm talking about my spirit, I'm sort of referring to my mental state. Um, but I don't believe that there's anything beyond my my body and my my you know the the, the chemistry and the, the the neurophysiology that's that's sort of motivating and, and informing how I how I feel. Um, so that that's what I was wondering is if if you're referring to something extra. Um, physical or metaphysical. I guess I'm just kind of referring to my heart, just my heart, really. It, I mean, it's right. No, I, yeah, I'm with you. And it's an, it, but that's, again, it's an interesting thing because when we, when we think about what the, the sort of seat of our emotions is, um, there are cultures that refer to the heart and there are cultures that refer to, you know, having, you know, in, in, I mean, I'm not trying to be gross, but in like in your bowels, having like your, your emotional state. Um, but it seems to me that, that the more that we, we sort of test this stuff, it seems like what we're really referring to is, is our brains. Um, so that's, I don't want to rabbit track us off of, off of the, the uh, first thing with, with talking about, um, you know, being able to communicate with, uh, people who have passed away. Um, so maybe, uh, maybe we should return to that before I completely derail us. <laughs> <laughs> you are, however, talking to two skeptics who are going to look at a situation like this and try to explain it the best they can in a physical sense and something that would make a natural explanation more feasible. And please don't take any of our responses or questionings as we're trying to belittle you or trying to think that you're crazy at all, because I can comfortably say I can speak for both of us when I <laughs> we don't we don't think yeah. you're crazy. We don't think anybody's crazy. And there is nothing wrong with trying to answer the world around you the best you can with the information available. So, yeah. you know, we're, we're here to talk about it and not judge you. Just getting that out there. Yeah, uh, my my position. I when you talk about your experience, I believe a hundred percent that that what you just told me about about the the pressure and the sense of things and and seeing the pink and I I believe you. I believe that you had the experience. But where I start to my brain starts to go into overdrive is where I'm like, well, why? How do we explain this? Can we explain this? What do we? What can we know here? Um, so that's why I start asking all those annoying questions. Mm-hmm. 
So the first question of those three was just what, what is it that you can do? What can I do? Um, well, I don't know. I guess what from that story, what I could say is I'm can't, I don't know if you call it a medium, what you call it. Um, but I feel that I can get messages from uh, different time and space and relay it to people. I just don't want to relay these things if it's going to be harmful to them. Hmm. Are you okay? I, I, I will put it out there if I could. Um, how do these messages come to you? Like some people have, you know, the there's different explanations of revelation, and some people have dreams, some people have waking dreams, other people have some sort of synesthesia experience where they actually see messages that, that are visible, they actually audibly hear something. Um, how do these mess? How are these messages delivered to you? So, like, during the story, you know, I was awake. I was, uh, you know, as, as awake as a night shift nurse could be. Um, and uh, I just, it was a feeling, you know. It, it was that feeling on my shoulder that, like, you know, some, I just wanted to ignore it. You know, like, oh, that's weird. I was, like, stretched my shoulder and stuff, trying to, like, make sure it wasn't, like, just a muscle issue. And I was just sitting there, and I just felt it. And I want to ignore these things. I didn't want to share this information because, just not these people. I didn't want to sound crazy. It sounds crazy to myself. And again, these things aren't, you're kind of new to me. I don't really, I've never really shared this too much except for with people close to me. And they're the ones that are trying to get me to explore it more. Um, so yeah, it's more a feeling that I can't ignore or I'm getting, I guess, maybe word messages in my head and that have to be shared for me to make them stop. Hmm. Have you have you had anything shared with you in this way that ended up not being applicable to a situation or or where you feel like you had to tell somebody something and they were just like, we don't know what to do with that information? No, again, the only like this is I was trying to like think about all the times and it's really I can only um, write down like four stories about this about this actually happening. Um, but they've all been very relevant with people present that move the people around me. That's like, okay, you know, it's not just me. I'm not being crazy right now. Everybody just saw mm. that. Mm. Well, it's, it's an interesting thing with, with people who, who make claims related to any sort of, uh, sort of like psychic ability. Um, they, they typically fall into two distinct categories. You've got people who sincerely believe that they've got an ability and then you've got sort of an awful lot of people who are um, are not sincere, who who learn techniques that where they can uh, take advantage of people. Um, and and when you said that you you want to sort of use a gift uh, responsibly, it, it made me wonder, it, okay, so if if a message was coming from somewhere outside of yourself and you thought that that it was coming from the loved one of someone who you knew who may have you know passed on, um, would you, who would you have more of an obligation to in that situation in terms of sharing the information? Would you have more of an obligation to protect the person who is living or to share the news from, from the dead? Um, so that's a really great question. And so most of the time, you know, I do want to protect the person that's living because uh, they have to live with these emotions and whatnot, you know, moms of kids that have passed 
Um, and so that's why I say, okay, I don't want to share these things. But then it's like, okay, now I have an obligation to my cousin or whoever that won't, he's not stopping, you know, he needs me to share this information. How, um, how, how can you distinguish, so, how can you distinguish between something like this happening inside, just in your brain and it being a message from somewhere outside of your brain? How, how would you be able to know yeah. the difference? Um, I'm not really sure. To me, it becomes more of a feeling. It's not necessarily just a thought, but my whole body uh, has this feeling that I have to take care of something. Right. But, but your feelings, you know, I mean, I'm not trying to be reductionist here, but I think your feelings are happening in your brain, probably, right? So what my, my thought would be is, because I, 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 am, I am very, very skeptical about the idea of anybody being able to, uh, to communicate with, with, you know, deceased individuals. And I would wonder if people around you are, you know, have lost loved ones and are grieving, if you're not, if you, if you can't verify, if you can't be sure that what you're feeling is not just happening in your brain, I wonder how sharing that with somebody may undermine their grieving process or, or, you know, just, just frustrate their, their ability to, to move on, um, Absolutely. And that's what I, I've been scared of. And, you know, I feel like a lot of times I do ignore a lot of the things that I feel. Um, but this other time, so I guess my cousin passed away um, this summer and my aunt's not having a good time with it and whatever. But um, uh, like I, I had a visit from him and he just wanted me to check up on his, on his mom and, you know, like let her know it's going to be okay. Um, and I was really nervous. And this is one of the reasons why I started reaching out to people of what to do, because I didn't want to tell her something that wasn't true. I didn't want to tell her something that was, you know, that I'm just making up to make her feel good. But, you know, this feeling got over me so strong that I reached out to her. We had a very amazing conversation um, and, you know, she, and this was also one of the ones when I was like, okay, he keeps visiting me and um, um, I just have to, I just have to, and I don't know, <laughs> it's weird. So um, I wonder, I, know where to go with this. I wonder if you and I could agree that mm-hmm. if we're looking at I mean, so it sounds to me, you're an educated person. You, 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 you work in, in healthcare. Um, we have an awful lot of evidence that people can be mistaken about things. And we, I don't think we have a lot of good evidence to support psychic claims. It seems to me if I was looking at this, you know, sort of in the balance and going, you know, what is more likely that, um, that, that something is in your brain is, is, you know, generating these feelings that you have, um, I mean, I just, it's, it seems to me that there's an awful lot of evidence out there. I'm sure you've seen people who, who believe that they're seeing or hearing things that, that aren't necessarily there. Our, our brains are, are, are powerful in this way. And, and we're very susceptible to being wrong about things. So that, that's why I, just, I think it's, it's maybe the most important thing uh, from my perspective is, is just to 
make damn sure um, before you you tell somebody that they're being that you're being visited by their dead loved one. I mean, I, I would I would I would want to figure out how you could know before before passing that along. Um, and I'll kind of piggyback on that a little absolutely. bit. I mean, and like, from I what. Too, and that's why I've always been, you know, like really quiet about it. But mm. when it gets to that point with inside my body that I, I just have to say something. And then every time that I have actually said something, it's ended up being a very powerful kind of healing experience. But yeah, I, I completely agree with you. I have no evidence that this is real besides for the feeling and the pressure to do something, um, which I know could just be in it issue of being a nurse and wanting to care for people but yeah you know I don't want these things to be I don't know I don't want I didn't really ask for these things and it's just so crazy that recently I've had a lot of stories that are just like this is really crazy yeah I mean from everything that I'm hearing so far and um you know you're a nurse obviously that you do want to care for people and there's a lot of empathy in the place that you're coming from. So, you know, I'm not detecting anything that you said so far that you know, you're trying to be a charlatan or you're trying to get over on people or trying to just showboat on an ability. Um, you really care uh, about the people that you're, you know, speaking with and these feelings are overwhelming and you don't have, you didn't know how to explain everything. And there's this thing that kind of explains and ties it all together like oh this is probably what that is and then there's possibly a little confirmation bias that goes into um everything that you're experiencing and what people say that this is and you're like yeah that lines up that lines up uh but in reality there's not much of a basis to really prove that that's what it is it just sounds really good and not to dismiss your experience because i've experienced some things that i can't explain but just me being a skeptic, I leave it at that. Uh, I try not to explain things that are unexplainable with something that doesn't have an explanation. Yeah. Uh, but getting back to where you are with it, you're not trying to come up on people. You're not trying to hurt them and you really don't want to hurt them. And you're having this hesitation uh, to tell them about this, but you have this overwhelming urge to bring it to them because you really want to help them. And you might have this information that could bring them some peace. Um, how you take care of this is to set a checklist of explanation. Look up any possible physical, real, tangible explanations that could possibly explain what's going on. Like the, the touching, for instance, the, the feeling of being grabbed. Uh, you know, there's, there's things like uh, paresthesia. Well, it's usually typically noted as like pins and needles and stuff like that. But there's a uh, chronic paresthesia that can... Uh, be result of uh, vitamin deficiencies or cardiovascular disease or even like mercury poisoning, you know, um, there's a lot of different things that you can go through a checklist like have I been exposed to mercury, you know, like do I have any um, heart issues, you know, that that could be causing uh, this, these muscle spasms because it, it's, it's possible that that's what that could be and you go through a checklist. Uh, no matter how improbable of things that it could possibly be, you might land one and find some sort of health issue that you wouldn't have known about that you're attributing to a, a psychic phenomenon, you know? So having a checklist that you can go down to eliminate real 
issues and real possibilities before you jump to something that has no basis in reality, but could be real. But you try to explain it in a real sense first. That's my take. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, that would be a really interesting thing to, to talk about in the future as if you, you were to, to come up with a, a way of testing um, these things. And um, I mean, really rigorously, because look, frankly, if somebody can communicate with, with the, the dead, that's big news. That's huge. Um, so yeah, I think we got a few other callers that we got to move on to. Daniel, is, is there anything that you, you'd like to, to finish with and take the last word? No, um, I appreciate talking to you guys. Uh, thank you for everything. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I second everything that IQ said. I, I think that you're you're coming at things from a, a it sounds like a really sincere and 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 kind place. Um, yeah. So yeah, if, if there's if there's more uh, in the future, or if there's there's anything to come up with as a way of testing things, uh, you know, please call back in. Indeed, you're quite pleasant, by the way. Absolutely. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. Right. Is Ethan doing his popping back in thing? I'm just waiting for that shirt to make another appearance of his. <laughs> and there we go. Yeah. yeah. I, okay. I didn't mean to pop back in. I should have just hit the talk button for Dingle. Uh, it, <laughs> Dingle? Is, is, did I get that name right? Rodrigo? Oh, it didn't. Yeah, sorry. It didn't take the name right. Said Dingle. I apologize. Rodrigo. <laughs> Uh, you're on with Kenneth did, and I. Did you say Rodriguez? How how did we get ding? It, it says Dingle on the call screen thing. Right. <laughs> I don't know how that happened. Good grief! Our call our, no, our call screening no. thing is racist. <laughs> no, There's a slight pronunciation discrepancy. What's going on, man? How, how's it going? You know, great night here watching you guys. Ready to share my story? Let's hear it. All right. So I come from New Jersey, a small town, Perth Amboy. And, you know, I've never had experiences until I moved to this one building. Uh, it was 108 Madison. And, you know, as soon as we got there, I, I had this feeling. I just had this feeling I've never, you know, experienced before. And then, you know, as as the years go on, you know, these things, unexplainable things have been happening, such as, you know, like footsteps at night and like the dishes moving at night, sometimes falling and stuff like that, you know, you know, you get really interested as a young person, you get really interested in that kind of stuff. And so, you know, mm -hmm. I would religiously watch Ghost Adventures on Fridays, you know, never miss an episode, you know. And so one day I, I was like, oh, you know, let me try my, to do my own investigations, you know. I don't know how to explain what's going on, you know. And then one day I go into the closet and, you know, I just start doing EVPs, you know, as a young kid being so inquisitive and stuff like that. I listen and I hear someone saying, help me. You know, I got totally freaked out. And, you know, I continued, you know, recording throughout the house and you could hear dogs whining. So, you know, I, I researched the house and all this stuff. And, you know, I, I don't find anything about anybody dying there. Um, but I do, I do find that in my neighbor's yard, she had 
skulls, you know, just dog skulls just buried there. Um, you know, growing up, I've always had that feeling, you know, in that house that something was there. Um, you know, this one day, um, the neighbor, she owned the house. You know, she was an older lady, white hair. You know, I pro- I thought she was a witch. I She probably was. Uh, on the side of the house, she was with spray paint. She was spraying some weird, some weird symbols. And, you know, when we, when we go in to go check it out, she got super spooked and started, you know, just spray painting. That's when the stuff really started to amp up in the house where, like, I would wake up and, like, I couldn't move. I couldn't scream. I couldn't do anything. And, um, you know, I felt this dark energy over me. And I just, it was the only time I've ever felt like that. And, um, you know, I, I told my neighbors, um, you know, oh, help me, you know, can you help me listen to this? You know, I don't know if I'm going crazy or something. Like, do you hear this person saying, help me? Or do you hear these dogs? Or like when I've done EVPs and sessions like that, where you, like you could literally hear people talk. I would be at home alone. And you could literally hear people talking, you know. That really started startled me growing up. I it, it, I've only ever felt any situation in that house. And I've always lived by the shore. And so I believe that, the energy of the water and stuff like that has definitely influenced, you know, the spiritual paranormal activity that was going on in that house. What do you, what do you mean by energy? Cause uh, you, you're, you're the second consecutive caller to use the word energy. And I don't know what you, I don't know what you guys mean. Yeah. Yeah. So energy, um, you know how you get into a room and you feel like you could just feel the mood of when someone's super angry or stuff like that. Um, or, sure. or when you feel like the air is tense. Sure. Yeah. That's how you feel like, especially at night when it was time to go to sleep, it would take me a while to fall asleep because I just felt this, this such, such negativity and like, like anger in the air like you just felt it you know when you feel someone stare behind you and stuff like that you just feel that energy of like anger and stuff like that and you know that's the only place I've ever felt that type of energy type of negative energy so uh, you know you feel heavy and stuff like that what's interesting though is that you keep talking about how you feel so I like I grew up I grew up in Southern California I grew up in San Diego and I love being on on the beach I love being by the ocean I feel very very peaceful and very connected to the ocean but as far as I can tell all those feelings are happening in my brain and it's not because the ocean has an energy that it's giving me it it's it it seems like it's mm-hmm. it's just my brain connecting with something but all that connection all of that all those feelings are happening you know in there yeah i i, I understand you completely you know all my life i've lived by the beach you know and i've never had this experience um you know since i was little to 12 years old i lived at the beach you know, all the time, always felt connected, always had happy stuff like that, um, you know, happy memories. But, you know, it was just that one house, you felt like something was there, something spiritual, something almost, I, I, I don't know if it was demonic or something like that, because you just felt like 
anger all the time. And, and there mm. would only be me that felt it because my parents, I mean, they would hear all the dishes fall, like the dishes moving at night or heard footsteps and, and stuff like that. But it, it, it only seemed like I could, I was the one experiencing all this stuff. You know, and that to me, you know, is kind of weird. I know how other others would be like, oh, it's just, you know, your mental state and stuff like that. Or, you know, you know, it all has to do with everybody's. Well, it's an interesting um, thing. Brain, there's there, brain there's sort of a. Stuff like that. Well, there's, there's sort of a misconception about human beings. We, we tend to think of ourselves as being like these really rational creatures, but we're not. And and our our lack of rationality is often a direct byproduct of our evolution. So if, if you think about, you know, early primitive human beings, if you're the guy walking through the woods at night and you're away from the rest of the tribe and some bush is rustling or you think a bush is rustling and you assume that there's, you know, a, a, a tiger in that bush and you run away, you're, you're more likely to survive than the guy who's gonna be like, you know what, I'm gonna make up my mind after I see all the evidence, I'm gonna go investigate that shit. Because when the tiger's actually there, that guy is is done and he's out of the genetic pool and he's not passing on his genes. So being superstitious yeah. and afraid and fearful um, used to have a, an evolutionary advantage. Um, now it tends to, you know, be a, the kind of thing that that makes kids freaked out in their homes. You know what I mean? It, it's 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 sort of a, a it's interesting how the how how these these traits manifest now that we're in a, in a modern context where people are, are still superstitious and still fearful um, sometimes without, without good reasons. Yeah, I truly, I truly understand, you know, the point you're coming from, you know, I am a science guy too, but like, you know, when you've never ever felt this stuff before, you know, you know, I thought it was real, you know, I was living it, I thought it was real. Um, I don't know how I could explain the old lady doing witch writing on the side of the building. You know, maybe there was a connection, maybe not. You know, maybe there was a rational explanation for everything. But, you know, to me, it felt real. And I felt like, you know, I was being haunted myself. I mean, your experience is unquestionably real. You're, you had your experience. Um, the question though is 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 what can we know what can we learn what conclusions can we draw from the experience i i saw a guy so I, I live in chicago i take the train to work in the morning i saw a guy on the train platform this morning who was yelling and screaming at, at what looked to me like nothing he was having a, a an argument with some with with air okay now i can look at that and be like there that guy's talking to a ghost he's seeing some some supernatural shit or I can be dismissive. I can be like, that's a crazy person. Or I can be like, that is a failure of our modern American healthcare system. And someone should try to see if that guy's okay. You know, there's a lot of different ways that you can approach yeah. seeing something that is, that is unexplained. But, but the key word is unexplained, right? It, because when, when we don't have an explanation, we don't have an explanation, right? And our, our little, you know, ape brains really, really, are uncomfortable with that. And we love feeling like we've filled a gap in our knowledge, even if we're filling it with something that we're like making up, you know, just to make ourselves more comfortable. Yeah. It's a response to stimulus. Yeah. And in your case, uh, there, there is stimulus happening there. You did include yeah. in your story that uh, you were watching a lot of ghost hunters, you know, and 
you, you get a lot of these <laughs> ideas that this stuff can happen. And then you start looking in the world for things like that. Now, I've been in several situations where I creep myself the fuck out. Um, you know, I, I don't really believe in the supernatural. I don't really believe in ghosts. And yet I can be alone in an old building and spook myself out. Why? Well, it's kind of, there's a lot of indoctrination happening there. You know, I've been told, I've watched a lot of, you know, ghost movies and stuff like that. So it's all floating there in the back of my head, but I can rationalize myself like, look, that's not real. And boom, that feeling, it goes away. And, you know, a lot of people can dismiss that as, oh, well, you know, you can convince yourself that it's not there, but it's really there. And I'm like, come on. <laughs> yeah. I can convince myself it is there and I can convince myself that it isn't there. How do we can, how can we tell the difference on which one of those is a fallacy and which one of those is the reality? Right. I would urge you to look up a, a concept in psychology called priming. Ah, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just Google that shit. Cause you'll see, I mean, it's like the kind of thing where, I heard uh, there's an excellent show called Talk Heathen. I recommend you check out as well. Uh, the host, one of the hosts, V. LaBianca, they were talking about um, how they had a, uh, a Toyota Camry. And after they sold the Toyota Camry, they missed it. And once they started missing it, they started seeing Toyota Camrys everywhere. Um, I don't know if you've ever had that happen where we're like, if you you know, if you're thinking about something, you start just seeing it all over the place. This happens to me all the time. Um, and yeah, it's, it's, it's priming. Cause our brains like finding patterns. Our brains like feeling like they're figuring stuff out. Yeah, definitely. I, I completely understand. And and the reason why I'm I'm I don't know I feel like I'm being a little aggressive with you on this call is because when I was a little kid when I was a little kid um, I I grew up in a very like religious family not a really superstitious family but I was kind of a superstitious little kid and I used to be scared of stuff like like ghosts and I used to be really afraid of the dark and all that kind of stuff and um, it, one thing when I talk to people about their beliefs and and, and experiences um, I, I I don't like the idea of people being sort of burdened by thinking that they, you know, are being haunted by something or that there's something out there that could be harmful to them or, or scary to them um, without really good evidence. You know, um, I worry about people being sort of psychologically um, burdened in this way. Yeah, this phenomenon tends to kick in uh, when one of our senses has been uh, compromised somehow, uh, when it's dark out. Uh, if it's really loud, if you're like running the vacuum and you get that feeling over your shoulder that something's watching, it's your brain kicking in saying, hey, I don't have this covered. You need to watch out. You know, it's a it's a defense mechanism to be to have situational awareness. And when your senses uh, have been compromised somehow, your brain kind of kicks in to give you a little bit extra push saying you need to be a little more careful because I don't know what's going on. Um, and that's the, the rustling bush thing. It's it's it's. It's an evolutionary advantage that doesn't really have much of an advantage anymore, but it, it does still help if you're walking down an alley and it's dark, watch your ass, you know, yeah. uh, 
look around the corners, make sure to look both ways when you're going yeah. in traffic. It's really loud. You're in a crowded room. Make sure nobody's creeping up on you. I mean, there's still a lot of modern day applications uh, to these precautions, but typically when it's quiet, the sun is shining, the house is bright. You don't get these feelings because none of your senses are compromised. And that's uh, typically where a lot of these feelings come from is when one of those senses are dampered and your brain kicks in saying, Hey, look out. Thank you. Thank yeah. you so much for the perspective. Hey, you know, that's a good name for a show. No. <laughs> you, Rodrigo. <laughs> I, that's why, right when I heard him say that, I was like, ooh, that's the name of our show. So, so thank you for that, Rodrigo. Get the nicest callers no on thank every, you. every dang time. The callers are always so nice on the show. <clears throat> yeah, we've been lucky. Like the, the last week and this week again pleasant callers who share their experience and definitely appear to, you know, listen to what you guys have to say. Hopefully there's lots of, hopefully it's all mutual. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we do enjoy the pleasant callers and nobody telling us that, you know, no elementary teachers giving us college level sermons. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. You guys uh, ready to get to Salvatore? Yeah. Yeah. All right, Salvatore, you are on with Kenneth and IQ, man. What's going on? Hey, what's up, boys? How's, How's it going? going? Ah, you know, I'm sad. I work today, but uh, always a pleasure to talk to you guys. I'm wondering if you have us on speakerphone. You sound you sound very far away, like you may have fallen into a well, yeah, and that makes yeah, me worry. Yeah. I might need to like call emergency services for you. You're like Salvatore fell into a well. <laughs> <laughs> How can you say fall into a well and not Lassie in the same sentence, man? I know, right? I really like give away everything about my age, but uh, yeah. <laughs> um, anyway, Salvatore, how are you? Ah, doing pretty good. Doing pretty good. good. How about you guys? Good, good. Oh, that, much better improvement on the audio. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. What can we do for you? Ah, uh, well, you guys wanted to talk again this week, and after you guys call back in and talk a little bit more about what we were talking about um, did did you end your call last week by talking about um satan being in control of the world yes yes i can, did can we can we start there because <laughs> we were like out of time with you last time and it was like we talked about a bunch of interesting stuff mm -hmm. and then the last word was by the way satan controls everything and it was like oh my god there's so much more we could talk about <laughs> well i mean that's the guy i mean my my belief system is just like, I don't consider myself uh, a Christian. I don't consider myself a Catholic. I just, I don't believe in religion. I mm. believe religion was made by man, you know, and anything of man is not of God. So I just, okay. I'm a follower in the Messiah, you know, pretty much. But um, I mean, just in everything and, you know, reading the Bible and research that I've done on <clears throat> like just the world that we live in, you know, and everything it's, you know, Satan, <clears throat> not well, Satan was given dominion over the earth when Adam sinned. So when Adam and Eve sinned, God gave the earth to Satan and it's Satan's kingdom and Satan can do what he wants. You know, so everything we run is that beast system that Satan has, you know, so it's, it's every, everybody is fooled into believing that God doesn't exist because of Satan. You know, it's the perfect plan. Let me, was, let me, was a, there was a saying, it was, uh, oh, I'm sorry, go ahead. Uh, so uh, the uh, 
Can I can I see if I'm psychic? Were you going to say that the the greatest trick the devil pulled was convincing everyone he didn't exist? There you go. That that that's exactly it, right? We've got there it is proof of psychic phenomena right here. Okay, so I want to back it up because um, you you'd said that uh, religion is man made and things that are are man made are not of God, and and I followed the logic. Right. I'm wondering how many gods do you believe in? Oh, only one. So what I'm what I was only, where I, only our I, triune God. That's it. I thought that might be what you would say. So what I was wondering is if, if from your perspective, if all of the other gods that people believe in are man-made as well. I don't believe they're man-made. I do believe they're gods, but they're small G, not big G gods. Mm. Um, in the Bible, God does tell you to not follow any other gods but him. He's a jealous God. But mm. there is only one creator, creator of everything. And that is, it's, I don't know how to say the name. You could say Yahweh, Yahovah, but all it is, it's yod heh vov -Hey. That's how his name is spelled. And that's our creator God. So we're talking about the Bible God. <clears throat> Say that one more time. The, we're, so we're talking about the Bible God, right? Yeah, the biblical God, correct. The, the, and I should say, I should simply, when we're talking about Bibles, we're talking about the Genesis to Revelation. I don't know if you, you know, right. believe in. I'm still trying of, to wrap my head around this. You had said you're not necessarily Christian, and you're not really right. religious. And you are inciting characters. I'm not trying to be cocky here. But you're inciting characters mm -hmm. that are religious, that are from religious texts. Well, that's, right. Well, the whole the whole thing about religion is religion was not made from God. God did not create religion. All man created religion. All these different de denominations and different faiths. Those are all uh, created by man. Like, just take it for instance here, um, Christianity. When, when Jesus was born, his name was not Jesus Christ. It was Yeshua HaMashiach. So where did we get the word Jesus Christ from? It was made in the English language. So God wasn't around at that time. So we made up Christianity, that word. Probably a better word. It wasn't made from God. I, so what I'm wondering is, is if this same creative process that you're describing that is how we arrived at, at Jesus Christ um, being the, the words we use to, to describe this figure, if that same merely human process would also apply to, say, putting the Bible together or writing down the, the words that are in the Bible? Well, I mean, <clears throat> the, way, the way I have it and the way that I see it, like I said, I'm not an expert. I'm not a biblical scholar. I'm nothing like that. I just do my own research. But um, the way I feel is that God was pretty much the one who wrote the Bible. He just superimposed his hand on, you know, Moses and Ezekiel and John and Mark and Luke and all and Peter <clears throat> to create the Bible. There's like synchronicities in the Bible um, to it, like with however many words are, are in the Bible, with the numbers in the Bible. It's it's a lot of stuff that probably don't have time to get into today. Well, that but, was going to be um, my next question. Is how do we how do we I, differentiate between a God written book and a man written book? Hmm. See, that's a hard one. <laughs> because that, like, I, I, I tend to I mean, be just for the fact of like, go ahead. I was just saying, like, I tend to be a lot more impressed with a lot of other books that I've read than, than the Bible. I mean, like, you know, in terms of if I, I guess I always return to this idea that, uh, I don't know. I remember taking a class on the Quran when I was, when I was an undergrad 
And the teacher kept saying, only a God could have produced this book. And you can tell by when you read it, it's just, you know, that no human could have produced this. And, 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 and I'm reading it and I'm like, this sounds exactly like some stuff that some, you know, guys, you know, you know, seventh, eighth century dudes would come up with. This is, this does not seem like something that a God would come up with or, or any sort of supreme intelligence. Um, no offense to any well, Muslims who may yeah. be watching. No, that right. That fact I get, but you know what, what, and what my belief is, is the Holy Spirit led them in what they were writing. So it was pretty much God leading them into what they were writing. You know, for to say that, you know, God could have been the only and man couldn't have done it, is the synchronicities to it and the prophecies to it and everything that falls in line with it. Like <clears throat> the book of Revelations, I should say. Like nobody understands what that uh, sign meant with the woman clothed with the sun, with the moon at her or the pregnant woman with the clothed with the sun with the moon at her feet <clears throat> nobody knows that that's the constellation in the stars that's what he was talking about and that was to start the end times and that happened on january i think 17th or somewhere somewhere around there 2017 you go back to the constellations online where you can see what positions the stars were in it's you know i'm doing research today um I forgot whatever the woman is, whatever sign that is mm. um, in the in the constellations. You know, you see the you see the layout of the woman in the stars with the sun, with her clothes with the sun, the moon at her feet, and then Jupiter passing through her stomach. That's what he meant in the Book of Revelations. He didn't actually mean a woman being pregnant and then taken by the dragon. Like the other thing. In the how do we How do we know that? Constellations and stars. How do we know that? How do we know that that's what he, what they meant? Well, I mean, I don't know the <clears throat> the exact signs of the constellations. I'm not a expert in that by any means. Mm -hmm. um, but these are everything that's written in the Bible is is coded pretty much. You know what how I mean? Do, how do we know? And when you find in, in, how how do we know that? Because like people people will say yeah, that like that the, the, people will say that the prophecies of Nostradamus come true. You know. Um, people point to the, like, like Nostradamus as a figure be like, you know, there's all these things that have come, come true that he said. And a lot of the stuff that he said was sort of vague enough to where you could interpret it in a lot of different ways. And there's a lot of things that he said that didn't come true. So people, you know, like to, like to count the hits and ignore the misses kind of stuff. And so with, I, I wonder with something like the Bible, how, how can we, how can we know? I mean, just, it See, it's more or less belief in faith than anything else, you know, because the way to get into heaven is through faith. You must have faith. I mean, it's a pretty good, pretty good idea to wean out the people that just aren't faithful. You're know saying you have to have faith to believe this stuff. And, and you, I mean, the proofs of the Bible are more or less different than you decoding it and thinking what it means, if you get what I'm saying. Can you define faith? Uh, not, not, not the biblical explanation. Not the, you know, the substance, things, hope for thing. What is faith to you? How can you most simplify it for us? Uh, faith to me, um, God, I, I really couldn't give you that definition right now to tell you the truth. Um, more or less, my belief in my uh, what's, the, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, ah, I'm missing a word. Uh, to, it's more or less my belief in something that I am passionate in, let's just say. Can I put it that way? 
Well, I mean, it's your definition. You can put, you can put your definition yeah. however you want, man. We're talking about how you use the word, not how the dictionary does. You know. Well, I mean, I'm, if, I'm if you believe you that you're doing things right, right and right. you're going to heaven because you have, you know, the 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 right interpretation of you know all, all the codes that are going on, um, then faith is something that you absolutely need to get to heaven. And presented with simplify what is this thing that you need to get to heaven. That's, you know, and if, if you believe the storyline, oh, it's pretty important okay. to be able to define right. that and know well, exactly what you're doing. That's, that seems like an important thing to understand the concept. Right. Exactly. I mean, for my, for my faith is just basically believing in the Messiah, believing that he died for our sins, you know, was crucified, risen on a third day and ascended into heaven. But I truly believe it in my heart. I don't just think, okay, maybe this happened, but I, I mean, I truly 110% believe that in my heart, that he did, he did come here, did die for our sins, and then he was, you know, risen on the third day, and then he did ascend into heaven. Why? I mean, I my faith that. on that is very strong. Why would, why would God want us to believe anything on faith, though? I mean, if God makes the rules, why make, why make believing in anything on faith necessary? Why not just, you know, show everybody what they need to know so that they can, you know, kind of all get on board with whatever it is that God wants them to be doing. I mean, that's a really good question because the only thing that I could come up with on that is if God proves it to you, then you have to choose him. You know what I'm saying? You'll, you'll have to, if God, if you know God is real, you will have to choose him out of fear. Does Satan but know you, God is real? If you just believe it, you will choose him out of love. instead does, of, out of does, fear. does, does Satan know God is real? Oh, of course. Why doesn't he? So if Satan and the demons and all those guys know that God is real, they don't choose him, right? Well, they, they, they can't anymore after they sin. Um, now, this is, in the, this is where I get this information from is the Book of Enoch. I don't know if any of you guys have ever heard of the Book of Enoch. Yeah, I've read the Book of Enoch. The, the, right. the, but that's what I'm wondering. Is like if, 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 you know, Lucifer and all of these other angels who knew God was real were able to then make a decision to sin and, you know, rebel and, and all that stuff. Why, why, how come they get to make that decision, but humans don't? Well, for, for us, we're different because we're, we're mortal human beings and, you know, angels are et eternal. So, but when they sin, that's it. They're, they can never be forgiven. And when they sin, they turn into pure evil. That's why you see Lucifer and Satan all as pure evil, because once they sin, that's it. They, they can't be forgiven like we can. The, the, you know, it's a lot different than that. The, the question that I'm asking you, these are the questions that led me to actually rejecting Christianity. Because when I was a Christian, you know, the Bible makes it pretty clear that, you know, there are rules to this game of life. There are rules to reality and that God makes those rules. But it seems to me. In my, in my own life, the more I thought about the rules, the less they made sense. It's like, why are things the way that they are? Why can't, how come the angels can't come back if they change their mind? You know, how come, you know, why, why would a, why would a human sacrifice in a barely literate part of the Middle East, you know, 2000 years ago, be a good way for God to communicate his message of salvation to humanity? Why not do the same exact human sacrifice in a, in a place like China where they already could read and write at the time and, and we, they could take, have better records, you know, stuff like that. It's like, it's like, why would, why would an all powerful being do things this way? Well, you got to think of it this way. We can never understand God. 
no matter what we do, we can never understand him. If he was, if he was easy enough to understand, he wouldn't be big enough to worship. But this human but, understanding that you're talking about, this limited understanding that you're talking about, is the same thing that you're using to come to the conclusions you are about this God in the first place. That's that's an even well, better point. As, uh, the God, I didn't. The the conceitance of curiosity there, uh, to where you can be asked a tough question that you don't know the answer to, and you're you're able to say, well, we just can't understand that. We just don't have an answer to that. Basically, you're saying, I just don't know, and you're able to use that frame of mind when it comes to questions that we just can't answer about God, where. We use that before we get to the God claim. Well, is there a God? Yes or no? Like when we look at all the evidence, like, well, we just don't have an answer to that. And we just kind of concede the cure. You know, it's not like we're not curious and we're closed off to it. We uh, don't accept it because we don't have a valuable answer to it. Whereas you still kind of use that same mentality when it comes to questions about God because you just don't have an answer to it. Well, you know, he's still there, but we just don't understand. And that's something I just don't know about. So I'm not going to bother dig about it. Um, that's it's it's, Actually, it's a mentality. That you guys, I obsessed, and I mean obsessed for years trying to figure God out, trying to prove that God is real. And like I was I was a, you know, a non-believer um, just as of five years ago. You know what I'm saying? It's just on ever all the research that I do and the things that I've come up with have really led me to know that he's real. Like, but I, I'm telling you guys, I obsessed and I'm talking what? obsessed for years trying to figure God out. I had to give up because I couldn't do it. I could never understand God. What and changed your mind? He's not, you could never do it. You just can't do it. He's our, he's our creator. He created all heaven and earth. You know, it's just, Somebody that is that powerful to run this whole entire earth and heaven and all the stars and the sky just you will never understand it. It's an interdimensional being that we just can't understand. And that, you're right. I mean, I don't know because I can't understand it. I'm not trying to avoid the question. I'm just telling you that I will never figure it out. And I tried so hard. I obsessed for years and I just gave up. If he wanted us to understand, could he make himself understandable or make us with the capacity to understand? I'm sh I'm sure he could if he wanted to. God, he can do anything. Well, you know? I, I, but I'm just I'm, I don't I just I couldn't do it. I couldn't figure it out. I could never understand. You know, so I just I had to give up. I'm wondering what uh, what was it that that changed your mind from unbelief to belief? Um, just more or less uh, the Catholic Church. Um, I I went to Catholic high schools and Catholic schools and stuff like that. I'm, I'm from Chicago too, so <clears throat> I went to uh, St. Lawrence High School. And gotcha. I, I was, you know, proud to be proud to be a Catholic at one point. And then I started to to see things like online about the, the Vatican and how it's demonic and how it's in like their their cathedral is like the head of the serpent and looks like you're in the mouth of the serpent when you're inside. So that kind of like, OK, what is this about? So then I started to dig and just dig and coming up and finding out that the Bible was real and the stories of the Bible that were real and it could be proven. It was just like, wow, there is a God. And then it just took me on this five-year run to where I just obsess about it now. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what I'm wondering. Is what, what was the thing that, that convinced you that there was a God? Um, like the proof of, uh, let's say, Sodom and Gomorrah. Um, like you guys know where the word Sodom comes from, right? It comes from Sodom and Gomorrah. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. 
Okay. So people were going out to the Sodom and Gomorrah and finding the buildings that are of ash. And the actual sulfur balls that are pure sulfur, it's like 99.9% sulfur, the purest sulfur in the entire world. And they were going to actually lighting it up and seeing it burst into flames. So it's like, you know, that story in the Bible where it says God rained down fire and brimstone on Sodom and Gomorrah. <clears throat> that really happened. What's what's more likely? I've got to ask you what's 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 more likely that a a storyteller years ago knew that there was a place where there was sulfur and said God rained it down, or that God actually rained it down. What do you think? What do you think is more likely? Uh, I, I'm I, well, me. <laughs> I'm more believable in that God rained it down. I really am. I mean, we know we know that there's you know there's sulfur in the in the world, right? We know that there's, you know, seismic activity that, 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 you know, elements and rocks and shit. I mean, stuff moves around. Um, I don't know. It, it, it's hard for me to believe. It, it seems that it's, okay. it'd be easier to, for, for someone to write, write a story than, um, I don't know. What about, what about, what about the Dead Sea crossing? When people now, this is, they're doing this on like Facebook. They're going over to the Dead Sea in the Middle East. They're going underneath the water. They're finding the chariots from old Egypt with the gold and silver. Like they said, they found pharaohs. Uh, you're, talking about, you're talking about the Red Sea. The gold with the gold wheel. Huh? You're, talking about, you're talking about the Red Sea. The, no, the Dead Sea. Or is it the Red? No, the Dead Sea. Cross. Oh, no, Red Sea. I'm sorry. The Red Sea. Red sea. My bad. Yeah. Um, but... They're going, you know, they're going there and they're finding these chariots and the horse, like the horse hooves and stuff. I, I mean, just all the stuff that God said that happened in this Bible is they're, they're finding these things or the pillar of fire. You know, when they when they were right, when Moses <clears throat> slammed the staff on the ground and they were right about to cross and God put that pillar of fire. Well, when they went there, it looks like a slop of mud, like right as about the spot they said. And it is it is the hardest place in that whole entire uh, whole entire area. Just looked like something burned the hell out of it, you know. And then so you have you have uh, the Red Sea crossing, and then you have Noah's Ark, where Ron Wyatt, like I was telling you guys before, Ron Wyatt found uh, Noah's Ark on the mountain of Ararat in Turkey. And it was five hundred and thirteen cubits. And it was exactly that big when he found it. He, he didn't. You're, you're okay. Look, I, I I hate to to do this to you, but the even mainstream creationists dismiss the work of Ron Wyatt because he did not find the ark. It, 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 there was another settlement that that was misidentified. I would urge you to look at. Uh, have you ever heard of Israel Finkelstein? Finkelstein. No. So he's a he's an archaeologist. He's a professor in Tel Aviv. Okay, he is an expert on biblical archaeology and he is sort of like the dude in israel um the 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 sort of the most delicate way of putting it is like this there's no there's no one on earth that has more incentive to sort of validate the uh the the holy um so, sort of uh, land claim in the middle east than than archaeologists who are are Jewish guys in Israel? Okay, there have been a number of studies, and there, there's 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 no evidence that that the the biblical Exodus narrative ever happened. There's no evidence of any occupation in Egypt. There's no evidence that there was a forty year period of wandering in the desert. There's 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 none of it. 
And uh, I would urge you to look at Israel Finkelstein's work. Um, he's, he's, he's really, really good on this stuff. Um, I mean, he's, he's out there in the desert digging around. The Jews were the ones that actually killed the Messiah, right? That, what does that have to do with the Exodus? You, that has, that has to do with every, that, okay, so let's just say this guy writes a book or does this research and he tells you none of this ever happened. Well, they hated God in the first place. So we're going to try to get Ooh. you. Ooh, there we go. There's our straw man. There's our straw man and our ad hominems right there. So we talked about some we talked about some fallacies at the very beginning of the show, and and this is a really helpful uh, sort of demonstration of them. So you're saying that that the 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 Jews hated God, or or that Jewish archaeologists specifically hate God. This is this has nothing to do with whether or not the claims in the guy's book are actually true or not. But what? How do you know Ron Wyatt's claim is not true? Have you watched the documentary at all? I have. I've watched a bunch of Ron Wyatt stuff. I grew up in an evangelical Christian homeschooling community going to classes at the Institute for Creation Research. That, that was all fabricated. I think it's I think it's the aluminum and the and the pasture and the petrified wood they found in that ground. You really think that this is all it, it's another settlement? What is what does petrified wood in the ground have to do with whether or not it, it was constructed by Noah? Because it was exactly in the shape of a ship. And it was exactly it's not. as big as it's in the shape of a rectangle. It's it's sort of in the shape of a rectangle. I'm, all right. <laughs> like I can't that's the problem. Like you can't convince anybody of your beliefs. You know what I'm saying? Like and no matter what, like you can. you're not gonna be able to convince me that the Bible's not real. I can't convince you that the Bible is real. You know, we're having a, a good discussion about it. But the problem is is, is you're right. It, it's it's all about faith. And if you that's don't have the key. That faith, I believe you don't get that's heaven. the key, though, Salvatore. And if so, I, tell me, what's uh, one? What, what's what's something that I could not believe just on faith? Anything? What do you mean? Is, is, is there anything I couldn't believe on faith? If I wanted to believe in in leprechauns and bigfoots and fairies, could I believe in that on faith? Could I be a Muslim on faith? Could I be a Jehovah's Witness about, or a Mormon on faith? Could I believe in aliens on faith? Aliens? I, I'm asking you. Could you I could, believe in Could I believe in aliens on faith? If I didn't have any evidence and I was like, it's just my faith that there's aliens, would that would that be a good reason to believe in something? Yeah, but if there's there's proof to things, it, it changes everything. Right, you know but when you, like, proof, like, okay, when you have proof, when you have proof, you don't have in to use faith. Believes that aliens are real, but nobody's ever seen an alien ever. But people it, believe that he's that, that aliens are real. If someone asks me if there's, you know, if my iPhone is sitting on my 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 dresser here in my room i'm not going to say mm. i have faith that it is i'm going to pick up my iphone and go hey look i got an iphone and it's sitting right here when you've got evidence you don't use faith you use evidence faith is this the faith I is, had asked yeah and faith, faith is people faith. fall back on when they don't have evidence and and faith is a is a reliably faith is a good way to be wrong about stuff frankly you know i i, I can't agree with you on that one you know, but I mean, here, here's the thing. Like, I don't know if you guys know the society that we live in today, but I could just tell you a story here. My cousin, when I was at my grandparents' house, we were having dinner. I brought up the subject of God. My cousin freaked out on me, flipped me off and ran upstairs. Just like the society That's that we live in now, people get so upset with the thought of God now, you know, that you can't even bring that subject up around people. And it's just like it was the perfect plan for Satan to do was to get everybody to hate God or get everybody to think that he doesn't exist. 
Now, granted, I don't, I don't know your cousin's situation, but there is a yeah. lot of people out there that have, that have experienced, you know, like religious trauma and, you know, cult-like activity and have been damaged, you yeah, know, right. by people trying oh, to control. And I understand where you're coming from with the, um, the interpretation of what God is has been, you know, tainted throughout the years and man's interpretation mm-hmm. has diluted what God actually is in your view. Um, but how, how far back is that? Where does that start? What do you uh, mean? The, the, every, everyone's writing. Cause I mean, uh, you're not into the religion and I understand uh, a lot of people say this, that, you know, it's not a religion, it's a relationship. I know that's not exactly where you're going with it, but it, it kind of ties in uh, to where God is there, mm-hmm. but man has created this hierarchy around what God is. And it's not exactly who God is what we've created all the religious right. structures is not exactly who God is. How far back exactly not him does at all. that go? When did that start? Honestly, when couldn't. we started I, I just creating stuff? I couldn't, I couldn't tell you. The only thing that I know of is that in America and in like, I don't know, let's say uh, India and the Middle East and, you know, from Islam to Buddhism to, you know, Christianity, um, that, as far back as that goes is all I know is, is just not how God is. It's not of God. Like, I don't believe in like any of these preachers that are out there, especially on TV, like Kenneth Copeland and, uh, I don't know, Meyer, you know, although I believe that that is, they, they are completely satanic and I don't believe in anything they say. I think they're put here to, to, to turn your mind off of the real God and onto this one who's like a, like a genie, you rub them and he gives you what you want, you know, but I think they're doing that, especially, you know, the Catholic faith. I grew up Catholic, so I know all about it. Like all of the brothers that were in my school, a lot of them were child molesters. One of them, one of the gym teachers used to like feel my chest when I walked down the hallway. It was just kind of like, why, if you're a man of God, why are you doing this? And I find out that they're not men of God, you know, so, but they, they're, they're really distorting the people's minds because you're like, well, I don't, I don't want to be part of God if it's like this, you know? There's, so it's just like, but that people understand that's not part of God. There's one thing that I'd like to, to sort of ask you at the, at the outset, because we got to move on. We got a couple more callers is um, mm-hmm. if Satan, Satan's in control of the world uh, from your perspective, um, do you think mm-hmm. the world is a better place now than it was say a hundred, 200, 500? Do you think the world is getting better or worse? Oh, it's getting worse. A lot worse. I'm wondering if you've I mean, ever you heard see it for yourself, you know, you guys can all see it. What's going on right now. We're, you know, I believe, and I truly believe we're in the end of days. We really are. You know, people know have been saying that for like coming, 2000 years now. coming soon. People have been saying that for a long yeah, time that, you know, the whole, all the end of days right. stuff. I mean, Jesus well, told I his mean, disciples I'm, that they wouldn't taste death until the son of man returned. Right. And Right. I mean, how, how long do you wait on a date before you think you've been stood up is what I'm asking. You know, well, you don't you, you don't really wait. You just let it happen because it says you will not know the day or the hour of the coming, but you will know the season that we are in. And it, everybody does know that this. OK, a gen, they, they talk about generations in the Bible and a generation is 70 years. And God gives a timeline in that Bible for four generations. And. They put it into when, you know, the stars will fall from heaven and then they could date that back to like the like the 60s or something. That was the last generation. So it was like seven years. So it's, they're putting it around this time, you know, but it could be within 70 years. So, I mean, people have been saying it for the last 70 years. People really feel that way. 
I mean, there's a lot of people that say it's this date, it's this day, it's this day. I think that's all nonsense because nobody will ever know. Have you ever God tells us we will never know the day or the hour? I just want to return really quick to this last this last bit is have you ever heard of a guy named Steven Pinker by any chance? Steven Pinker? No. I would urge you to check him out. He's got a couple of TED Talks and he's got an excellent okay. book um, called The Better Angels of Our Nature. And it was a game changer of a book to okay. me because I spent the first half of my life, like I said, I was an evangelical Christian and the, the dominant narrative uh -huh. was the world is getting worse, that you know Satan is in control, all that kind of stuff. What, what Steven Pinker has done in his research is shown how by just about any metric you could possibly want to look at, the world is a better place now than it was even a hundred years ago. Violence globally has declined. We've got better medicine, longer life expectancy, less food shortages. People have access to clean water. You know, the, the global standards of living are getting better and better. Um, he doesn't make the argument that this is because Satan is doing a great job. It's just, you know, sort of incremental human progress is what he, what he, uh, it shows using using all of the data that's mm -hmm. available. Um, I, I wonder how looking at research like that on how the world is steadily getting to be a better and better place for more and more people may undermine your uh, your position. Not to mention something else well, we have better have access one. to. Bad news. Yeah, well, that, yeah. That can make it seem like it's getting well, worse. Well, that's that's the thing. I, I like I said, I told you guys last time. I do my research, but I don't believe in the first thing that I hear. Like I, I try to disprove everything that I hear. That's you know good. what I'm saying? So it's like my info, like I don't listen to the news. I don't watch TV anymore. Like I literally don't have cable. The only thing I have is my fire stick and I don't even hardly use that, you know, but the only thing I like to do is I just really like to disprove the information that I come upon. And if I can't disprove it, then I run with it. But I mean, I understand there's a lot of false information out there. A lot and I don't believe a lot of the stuff I hear. Like, I still don't believe in these reptilians on the news and the flat earth and all that crap. You know what I mean? But um, they're just the things that I, that I read in the Bible to, to the world that we live in is, is pretty much how, how I come up with my conclusions. Like I said, I'm not no expert in anything. I'm just somebody who does this stuff when he comes home from work, and that's it. Well, Salvador being disprovable is um... – one way to look at it, but you, uh, increase your criteria just ever so slightly. I mean, if you could, because something's falsability, falsifiability is just one aspect of it. Just because you can't disprove it doesn't necessarily make it right. But, but right. Sorry, I mean, I got to move on. We got two more callers. I can't believe the, new, what the news tells me. Like, I can't believe. I'm sorry. Go ahead. No, I was just saying, I'm sorry. I, I'm sorry to cut you off. We, we're, we got two more callers and we're running out of time, but, but this has been super fun and we really, really appreciate your call. Yeah. yeah thanks, thanks guys. guys. I mean, I, I like, like talking with you. If we do, do it again, again, let me know. Awesome. Thanks. Indeed, man. All right, guys. All right. We may have to power through these next two calls. We have uh, uh, Lori calling and uh, their house is haunted. Lori, you're on with Kenneth and I do. Hey guys. How are Lori, you? move out. Move out. <laughs> the call's coming from inside out. the house. I've seen how these movies end. You got to get out. I don't think they're like bad spirits though. Like um, you'll like a Casper's and the basement door will open. And... I'm sorry. Or is it like Patrick Swayze? Yeah, if it's a Patrick Swayze type of ghost, I'd stick around. Um, 
I'm not sure. They don't give me like a freaky feeling. Like I'm not scared of them, but like the basement door opens, you can hear somebody walk up the stairs, the lights turn on. What? How old is your house? My, um, it's just a Romeoville raised ranch, probably 60, 70 years old. So can I tell you something really fast? So my house was built in the 1890s. I'm I'm in Chicago. I'm in a very old neighborhood that didn't burn down, you know, years and years ago. So there's a lot of really old houses. And in my house, the the whole place creaks all, all night long. Um, whenever there's temperature changes, doors will, you know, open and shut. My fridge door swings open, which is super great for my electric bill. And the light up above me behind me is a ceiling fan that I installed myself that from time to time in the middle of the night will just turn on and wake up myself and my fiance. And I refuse to hire an electrician because I'm cheap. I, I think that I just suck at installing ceiling fans. I don't, I don't, I don't know why, why I would, or how I would demonstrate that it was something else beyond that. You know what I mean? All right. So I also work in a nursing home. Here's a, here's a, a like a true, true, true story. Okay. So we have this president who passed away and we moved a new resident into the room and the new resident is alert orientated times three, like totally with it. And one night we put him to bed and he's like, the woman won't get out of the room. And she keeps screaming at me that it's her room. He gave the woman the old resident's name who was yelling at him and he wasn't around when the old resident passed away. So how could this have happened? I don't know. Like I use, okay, so I'm, I'm goofy like this and I use this app like to see if we could see the ghost because everybody was freaking out and I'm not scared of any of that because I'm not, it just doesn't scare me. There's a, there's an app. Well, like, okay, so TikTok has that ripple effect thing. Okay. <laughs> and at the end of the bed, there was a, a shadow of a person. Hmm. Okay. My skeptic brain is saying maybe the person heard the other, like the other person's name. Maybe the camera, uh, you know, picked up something and we're not sure what it is. I people in the chat are are blown it up with with something amazing of just saying I don't know is a, is a is an excellent answer in situations like this. Was that resident who passed away? Ed, were they influential on some of the staff, some of the other residents that were still living there? Um, they could they could have been talked about, and they could have heard their name from that and then somebody could have said oh yeah they just passed away they had your old room i've worked in the retirement community i mean i i know how the the residents mangle and they they talk i mean because it's it it's it's not like when you get old and you get into the retirement community i mean it, it could be a like a, a memory care ward you know where they there's a significant decline in cognitive ability uh but you know they, they still socialize they're still people they still talk they play bridge all the time you know they sit at the bar and drink you know there's uh certainly a lot of socializing that goes on they could have heard their name yeah a lot but, but they can't they haven't socialized in like five months because of covid everybody's locked down like just confined to their rooms correct nobody can go out of their rooms because it's so rampant hmm. i can only imagine how a retirement community is right now it's yikes number I'm one not, uh, hats I'm off not, to you for, for for dealing with that yeah. because i'm sure that's hell yeah um yeah, gosh, that's that ain't that the truth. 
my my dad passed away a couple years ago and i i just i still i'm just like blown away by the the professionalism and the compassion of the people who who cared for him and in, in the the facility that he was living in it's it's uh really uh yeah hats off um i just keep going i don't know you know i just keep right keep right and all thinking. i did was like i went into the room and i'm like um you don't belong here anymore this is his room just go to where you belong you know what i mean and that was like the end of it like we moved his bed from the like the opposite bed there's two beds in the room mm. so we moved him to the opposite bed and everything was kind of ended but my mm. house does have stuff that goes on and my 16 year old daughter where she sees people i mean she can con she can she can talk to them do they talk back yeah oh yeah my daughter has been since she's been born well since she's been three she always talked about my husband's grandpa and she always seen him so i took pictures of like 12 different old people just random old people and made her point out my husband's grandpa and she pointed out the correct one had she never seen a picture of your husband's grandpa before no we don't have pictures hanging up and like i'm not that mom i don't have pictures hanging up on my walls i have tapestries but not pictures you know i'm i'm, hmm. I'm just tapestries you know, are you living in a castle <laughs> the uh no <laughs> the I don't know. I, again, I mean, I don't know. I don't know. It's such a good answer. Um, I, I, how do you rule out lucky guess? You know? Yeah, that's, that's, and, and that's true. But like, sometimes she'll say, mom, <clears throat> when we're upstairs and I'm cooking, she'll be like, mom, there's somebody in the living room. And I'm like, okay, Jade, well, um, it's probably a dog or a cat. So just leave it alone. And then all of a sudden, the like the coffee table will move and there's no animals in there hmm should record this you should you know and also it would be a really I interesting thing to, to to ask your daughter for some really specific information that she couldn't possibly know um we could begin with the powerball numbers send them to me um <laughs> i could use no, but I, in all in all seriousness, like like really specific information that she couldn't possibly know. Um, and I would urge you to look at at the claims that people made when I, early in the show we talked about James Randi, um, and people would come to him for decades saying that they could communicate with the dead, but then when they when he would you know want to subject their claims to tests, they either would fail the tests or suddenly disappear and not want to talk anymore about what they said they could do. So how do you, what do you do? I mean, like, how do you challenge? I mean, how would I challenge her? Well, what, I mean, I would, I would, I would want to know things. So he had three questions he asked. We, we talked about this earlier in the show was what can you do under what conditions and how reliably can you do it? So um, really clearly defining like, what is it that the dead people know? That'd be an interesting thing to think about. And then be like, okay, what kind of knowledge do they have access to that we, the living do not and then to start exploring that space. Okay. So if the dead know all, and we are limited in our knowledge, you know, how do, how do we, how do we test this is, is the, the, the central question. And this is, this is where supernatural stuff tends to, I shouldn't say tends to has always failed because by sort of by definition, the supernatural 
it, it's very difficult to test here in the natural world where we all live. So when people talk about being able to contact the dead or hear voices and things, um, it, it it's always turned out to be something happening in their brain um, when when we really get get down to it, you know. Um, Yeah, when you come to uh, yeah, you know a, a small child identifying a family member, well, there's probably there, there's good chance there's some genetics involved there. Uh, does this grandpa share any likeness with your husband? Kind of look like him a little bit. Um, no, my mother-in-law was adopted. Okay, <laughs> well that outrules that one. But this, that, that's kind of an example of how you would go about. Okay. How can I explain this? And you go through a checklist of stuff. You know, I was saying that to another caller is try to find a checklist of reasonable explanations and move down that list of, you know, what strain your brain out to think of what could have happened. Where was she at a a different family member's house who happens to have that photo scrapbook? We all have that family member. They break it out and they show the kids all the pictures of all the pictures from like the 1920s and 30s and stuff like, oh, this is your old grandpa, blah, blah, blah. And just saw the picture somehow from a different family member. I mean, that's a possibility. I don't know if that happened. But it, these are other explanations for it. it. It would be really interesting to if you like got some documentary like James. There's a, one about James Randi called uh, An Honest Liar that you can find uh, like on Amazon on streaming platforms um, or to watch like Darren Brown specials where he where he will pretend to be psychic and go into. I watched one that he did where he was in Sedona and he went to this place that's like a, a training camp for psychics and they put you the people who run it will put you through like a screening process, a testing process to figure out if you have psychic abilities and then we'll, you know, based on how you perform, we'll like recommend you out for, for jobs as a psychic. And he went in there and he did a a remote viewing exercise. So what he did was he sat in a room while a woman in another room was drawing things on a, on a, like a, a notepad. And he's sitting in this room with a bunch of people. And he's like, I see the person in the room drawing, um, like a, a, like a religious shape, I see lines, perhaps a cross or a tree. Uh, and then he's like, the next one is like, I see a curves, maybe a half moon or banana. The next one is like some something floating in water. And and so, and she came back and she had drawn like a star of David and then a banana and like a boat. And it's like uncanny. He's, he's, he's literally in the next room, just like picking the stuff that this woman is drawing. He does not have psychic powers. He is using tricks of psychology to appear to have them. Um, and he, he does this stuff to, to expose psychics, m- most of whom are, are charlatans. Um, but the other purpose of his work is to just demonstrate how we as human beings um, love finding patterns that aren't there. And we're really, really easy to fool, all of us, myself included. I'm assuming IQ is as well. All of us are really easy to fool. So I, it would be very interesting to me if you were to start like watching some of this type of, of programming and um, trying to come up with a way to test uh, whether, you know, your daughter is, uh, you know, actually connecting to something, you know, beyond what we understand, or if uh, maybe she's just mistaken. I, yeah, I, I thought I was rich this morning. That, but... It didn't last long. I don't know she, why uh, I did. I don't know. She, she, She's sitting here begging me to have you guys test her. But anyways, um, 
she um I don't know I, I she meets people and tells them about people who passed away in their life she um I, I feel like she's gifted I'm um, sure she I I'm sure your daughter's gifted I it's just the you know the how and the what of the gift is is sort of uh open to interpretation I suppose Okay, I got to excitingly jump in here for a second. Jump in. If your daughter is looking to test uh, her ability, I volunteer myself. Because yeah. there are, I, I won't go into detail, but there are, I don't know the best way to put it. There are people I would like to communicate with. Same. I, this morning I was at work and I was sort of briefly overwhelmed with, with the sense of, of sadness because I was missing my dad who passed away a few years ago. Um, and, you know, the idea that, that there could be some way for me to communicate with him is very, very attractive. I just don't have any reason to think that it exists. All right. You want her on the phone? I, I, if she can sum it up now, yeah, let's give it a shot. Here, there she is. Can you do me a favor and tell me your full name? Not like middle name, but like first and last. No, your first. Just the first. I need the last. Okay. Uh, I can't tell you my last name. I, I could give you my, my... Okay, can you tell me the first initial? Uh, well, my my actual name is, is right, right, right there. It's, you know... Over, uh, that's yeah, that's my ahead. that's my name. Okay. Well, for some reason, I'm getting a feeling that there is a man that you are wanting to get in reach with. Are you talking to me or to Kenneth? The one who was wanting to me to test. Okay, that's me. Awesome. All right, uh, a man. Okay, please continue. Okay. Um, he's semi-tall, not too tall, but not extreme, not like short. Um, he did not have much hair at the end and he was not ill. He died of semi-natural causes, maybe a heart attack. And there's some sort of watch that he wore. It, it, I see an image of a watch that maybe might have some meaning to you or to him. So can I, can I just interject? Can I interject? Because this, this kind of thing drives me nuts. And, and I, so we're looking for, we got a semi tall guy who had less hair as he aged, who may have died of, of a heart attack. So, I mean, like most guys lose some hair when they get older. Most guys could be described as semi tall heart disease is the number one cause of death among men in the United States. This is like when the police are like, we're looking for a suspect. There's, we know the suspect was a, a an African-American man between four foot 10 and six foot eight. Everybody be on the lookout for an African-American man. It's like, what are you talking about? That could be freaking anybody. Like, I, I, like I'm sorry. With a B. Okay. So here I can actually, but Did it start with I'm sorry. Did his name start with B? Uh, can you? Okay, so do you I want? I cannot tell you the full name. Why can't you tell me the but full either name? His name or his wife's name started with a B. Okay, so all of your guesses except the B. I'm, I'm not guessing. I'm asking you a simple question. Does his name start with a B or does his wife? This is called, uh, this no. is called cold reading. Oh, here, here's the thing. 
the, there are two people. And I tried to draw a comparison based on what you're saying to either of those two people. And everything you said right. is 100% off, like not even remotely close, except for one okay. thing, the letter B. But everything else, completely off. This program is brought to you by the letter B. And he didn't have any sort of watch or any kind of wrist wear. Nope, not at all. There's actually quite a bit. Back in the day. Back in the day, they used to always wear watches. You have to be more specific. How how old? So I, I I guess because I'm thinking of two. People. I can't tell you the exact age. I can only see approximately how old. I I'd, I'd say approximately between his seventies and his fifties. He had a few wrinkles on his face, not too many. So all right, these are all like just totally. He has heavy crow's feet. Yeah, it's it's, it's cold reading. It's cold it's, reading yeah. using using what are called Barnum Barnum statements. It's yeah. This is I mean people have been doing this since the 1600s. It's it's very I'm trying broad. to say it's a hoax. No, don't be a dick. They said it's a Barnum. No, I mean in that and well, I can I can correct it because you're not coming up with actual 100 percent because I don't have I don't have concrete evidence. I see a person so, who is showing me an object that might have some meaning to the man. So or you're just thinking of old men. I'm not thinking of old men. Okay. Let me ask you this. Do you think what you're seeing right now is reliable if it's not even close? It could maybe be reliable, maybe one time in his life where he looked like this, or sometimes or okay. an image of himself that he found attractive that he wanted to stick with for his after. I mean, that could literally apply to every single man on the planet. Have, have, so, so I'm wondering, caller, if you if you've ever if you're familiar with what a Barnum statement is. Um, if you've ever heard that before. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Like, like the old showman that yeah. made up things. It's named. Is, it's named for him, and 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 the idea is like like if you if you were to um to look at like horoscopes in the newspaper in the mornings. They're written in a way where anybody can read them and feel like they they apply to themselves. Um, and and a lot of this, like like when you say, you know, uh, a, a a tallish man who wears may have worn a watch, who uh, may have had some hair loss, and who may have died of of heart disease. I mean that that can apply to so many people. Um, I, I don't know if you ever saw like there was a guy John Edwards had a show where he would do this in front of an audience and he'd be like I'm feeling something on the left side of the room a tallish man who had some hair loss and died of a heart attack and there's like 12 people in the audience raising their hands are like that's my dad and it's like and he'd be like yes and one of them wore a blue shirt and and the guy's like my dad had blue shirts and and they would and he would keep zeroing in and um I mean, this is this is a way that I'm not saying that you're doing this, you know, in, in some sort of like disingenuous way. I, I'm just saying that um, it, it it it's reminding me very much of stuff that I've seen before, um, and and it's hard to to I don't know how to differentiate between someone who actually has a gift and someone like John Edwards who who is definitely just 
you know, making stuff up to make money. Okay. Well, he's showing me that he died near fall and it was close to his birthday. Either his or your birthday. How, how near fall are we talking? Because near fall could be six months. Near fall could be near fall could be summer. Near fall could be winter. Like, I mean, like August, September, October. One of the three, because there's leaves still up on the trees and they are colored. Um, Fall. No, Uh, so that would be incorrect. Okay. Well, if you're not trying to get in reach with that man, that man's trying to get in reach with you because oh. see it's that not, okay, sorry, sorry. People interpret it as people interpret it as you can call out to a spirit and see any spirit you like. When in reality you see the spirit who wants to get in intact intact with the person who they're speaking to. Okay. So this is I gotta be honest, this is where I actually get frustrated because rather than admit this is how you play tennis without the net. Off and not communicating with somebody, you say, oh, it must be someone trying to get in contact with you, rather than admitting that you may not actually be communicating with someone. And that's a little frustrating for me. It's, un- it's unfalsifiable. It's, it's, a, it's a cop-out. It's saying, okay, well, I guess I'm still right because this person's trying to reach you. It's Okay, so what is your interpretation of being able to see things? Do you think we're just able to see people that are walking around on the streets that just died there? I, I mean, you, you can people can imagine all kinds of shit. I mean, it's not imagining. It's more like. Tell them what happened with Uncle Bobby. That, no, no. Okay. Anyway, um, so. The, the question would be how, how can I tell the difference between someone imagining it and someone actually seeing something that's being put there by a spirit or something? How how, how can I how can I tell the difference? How can they tell the difference? Well, a schizophrenic I mean a schizophrenic may be able to see someone like that, but like I can agree to disagree with you. Like I can definitely see how you think that this is like the Barnum's effect and how you cannot believe a single word I'm saying. But you have it. It's an interesting thing because I, I really am not interested in agreeing to disagree with people. I'm really interested in trying to find ways that I can be more likely to be right and less likely to be wrong. So I, if you're correct about this, then I want to know and I want to be correct too. I don't want to agree to disagree. So the question to me is, is how do we figure out what's true? Okay, well, you can find the things that I've described because it's not like you see a complete person walking around that's like you can't tell the difference between the living and the dead. It's that the person, it's the person that you see, and then you get a glimpse or an image of the person or a object that may have held near and dear things to their heart. And I can totally understand how you don't think that any of this could be true and that I'm just thinking about an old man who can die of heart disease. Or just, to be, just to be really, really super clear, I, I, want, I want you to know my position is, is not that it couldn't be true. My position is, is just asking how can we know that it is true? Because I, I don't like to say something is true until I have evidence for it. Good evidence. 
I can understand that. Okay. So, I'm not saying you're wrong. I'm saying I don't know how I can know you're right. I, I get this. Um, okay. so with that so description, everybody listening to this can potentially, I would say it be in the high 80 to 90 percentile with that description, can find somebody in their lineage that fits that description pretty well. How do we differentiate okay. that to where you actually saw and that was that was legit that it was somebody trying to contact it and it's not just a broad enough description to where it can fit a majority of people that's what we're getting at and, and don't get me wrong I, I think you're being sincere about this i don't think I do that too. you know you're, you're being a charlatan about it um but we like to get down into the nitty-gritties of it and figure out exactly what's going on and and uh separate it from things that are intentionally harmful because there's people out there who do these same methods that are intentionally trying to get over on people. And that, that, that causes a lot of harm and heartache and, you know, it can upset a lot of people uh, where it's unnecessary. And I'm not saying that that's a, that's what you're doing, but how do we tell the difference yeah. to what's legit and people using these tactics to, um, to just size people. Um, well, I can, there's not really much difference between when you can tell a charlatan versus not, but when they're char charging money and they're waiting and they're saying, oh, well, I need to know this about the person. I need to know that about the person. Oh, what's this person's name? I asked for your name, not anything about the person, as well as I've done this to people randomly that I've seen a, con a spirit trying to contact them no money involved and i'm only 16 i'm still working on trying to put this stuff into words because when you get it it's just very overwhelming it's more of an image and not like a oh i could see this person it's more like there's an image flash in your head as well as maybe a address or a object something that maybe held close to the spirit who's showing you and it's you can very much tell the difference between something that you're seeing in your head versus something that you're being shown because when you see it in your head it's uh you can break it down into words and you can think about it when you're being shown it's very difficult to put it into words because it is just so overbearing well I let me ask you this because we got to uh, wrap up here in a moment. Could okay. you and your mother uh, together loop me into a Facebook chat? And then what we can do is I can find maybe 10 people and we can test your ability on, you know, say 10 random people and then see how reliable it is. Would you be open to that? Sure. I, I can promise that it's 100% because it's not easy to get to force the images in your inside from the spirit. I well, can I ask, do, do you like to read? Um, not much, not really. I, there's a, there's a book I'm going to recommend to you. And, and if, you know, if you, you know, take it for, for what it's worth. Um, and you know, your mom might've heard of this guy before. So there, there's this guy, uh, Carl Sagan, who, um, was a, like a science educator, um, for many, many years, um, big deal guy, uh, big deal scientist. He wrote a great book, uh, called the demon haunted world. 
And I, uh, I, I can't recommend it enough to people who want to know more about how scientists think. Um, it's, it's, a, it's not a book that's going to tell you what to think. It's a book that's going to give you an insight into how people who work in science approach solving problems. Um, so if you feel like picking up a book, Carl Sagan, The Demon Haunted World, um, would be an excellent, uh, an excellent tool for you to have in your toolbox, in my opinion. Thank you for the recommendation. It was, it helped me a lot after when I read it. So that's, that's why. And, okay. And sorry, what was your, the your... only thing that I have to say about that is it's very hard to loop science into something that's not very easily describable by something that was made by man. Can you say that one more time? I, I, I think I missed something. Science was really created by man. We created what we think is science and what, has been made really because right. take a look at, you know, the man who created the periodic table, correct? I not personally, not but I know that, that there was a process by which I haven't even looked at the table in a long time. I only check it periodically. So, okay. um, well, if you check the man who has created the periodic table originally, he predicted that there was going to be certain, um, certain elements in certain areas and that's why he left places blank and that's why there's spaces in the original periodic table as well as someone like me who sees images he found an image and all of his things were correct he was not able to be proven until people found the elements he was talking about he well, was yeah, I... by by doing the math and using science but also, no one knew how he did it because he said that it was a glimpse, an image that he saw that he should have an empty space there. Right. The, the idea of, of the work is that, is that the, it leaves room for further, for further growth in our, in our knowledge and understanding about the world. I'm just curious because of what you just said. If you were to define science, like if someone asked you, what is science? How, how would you describe that? Science is the description of what we believe to be the world around us, as well as we think that science and we know the terminology and the biology of the inside of the ocean, but we don't know any of the specimens really inside of it based on what we've seen. We can't travel to the center of the earth, but we said it's made of magma. No one's so, gotten there. It's, a, it's an interesting thing because I, I, think, I, think that, I think that every scientist on the planet would disagree with you. Uh, si when you talk to scientists about what science is, science is a way of approaching how we can know things about the world. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a method. Someone come up with the way that we approach it. By, so the way that the scientific method has come to be, is, and the reason why it is continued to, to be used in the way that it is, is um, testing, trial and error. Science, science has, has, proven to be reliable um there's a reason why this you know broadcast works with you know the internet and all the little microchips and processors and everything going on and satellites relaying all of our all of our signals all over the place i mean science works um that's 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 what it that's 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 how it came to be is is human beings just testing stuff out that's that's all it is as for the videos I have of the furniture moving by itself, should I just tag Ethan in it? Yeah, if you could, and then I'll look at them after the show tonight. Um, that would be awesome. 
Um, we do got right to wrap up. Uh, I want to thank you both for calling. Lori, thank you for being so polite. You've been a sweetheart. And, uh, All right, you guys have a great night. Thanks. Yeah. You too. Okay, bye-bye. Well, I would definitely like to test that on repeat over and over and over again. So hopefully uh, her and her mother reach out and we can get some people together and see how reliable uh, her psychic ability is. That's right up the alley for this show, isn't it? Um, it, it is. But, and that, that's the advantage. Uh, well, at least what I'd like to do is to follow up with people and see um, how far we can go with this. Um, I mean, I, I, I have a hard time believing psychics. I've even when I was a like uh, theist and believed in the super supernatural, I would get very frustrated with with psychics. Oh, and that's, that's just because no one's ever been able to demonstrate that any of it's true. That's all, right? You know, and, you're going to be one of those guys who wants evidence and stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I, I I definitely do. Um, anyways, guys, you're awesome. And as, as much as I want to thank the callers for calling in and being so polite. I got to thank you guys too, because it's you guys who set the mood for the show. So thank you. <laughs> I'm serious. I would have lit some candles or something, you know, throw on some Barry White, you know, I didn't know I was supposed oh, to be setting the mood. Oh yeah. You know? Uh, anyways, IQ, where can people check you out at? Uh, I'm on Twitter and inquisitive qua one. Uh, you'll see me in just about 90% of all the atheist uh, YouTube chats in blue uh, as a moderator. <laughs> and that's about all I do. And I, uh, I go in and I do everything I can. And, you know, I'm not looking for fame or fortune here. I'm just trying to help people out. And uh, Kenneth, what about you? I hear you're a YouTuber. I am a YouTuber. I also am not looking for fame and fortune. Are there fortunes in this? Somewhere down the line, <laughs> but apparently you have to be a um, a physicist oh. or an engineer first. Eh. <laughs> well, that ain't happening. That ain't happening. Um, yeah, so I'm on YouTube. You can find me on youtube.com uh, slash Kenny Leonard. Um, I'm also on Twitter. Um, and uh, yeah. That's that's it. I'm I'm putting out videos on skepticism. This uh, this th can I shill just uh, just briefly? Where uh, so this Thursday, um, I'm I am thrilled. I, I, I'm having Aaron Ra on on to talk. Um, he was instrumental. His work was instrumental in helping me sort of uh, re-educate myself coming out of being a, a young Earth creationist when I was a believer. Um, I'm I've got an interview coming up with uh, with Dr. Daryl Ray, which I'm really looking forward to. Um, who else do I have coming up? Seth Andrews, uh, V LaBianca, we, we mentioned earlier, they're going to be on the show. Um, so we've got a lot of really cool stuff coming up, talking about skepticism and how to, how to be less wrong about stuff all the time, which is my life's goal. <laughs> right now, go like and subscribe to Kenneth's channel, get him to 100 subscribers. Oh, that would be, I would just be tickled. We'll yes. see if that, we'll see if it happens. <laughs> so. uh, next Tuesday, uh, Jenna Belk and Brainbug will be co-hosting. And then this Thursday starts my new show, The Pickup Line with Hannah Vaughn. Very excited about that. It's going to be at 9 p.m. Central Standard Time. Um, everyone, thanks for tuning in. We're here every Tuesday at 7 p.m. Central Standard Time. And thank you to my patrons, Cindy Plaza, 
Kenneth Leonard. Oh, stop it. Me and Davenport, best name ever, the Blazing Wizard Pope. Uh, you all rock. Thank you so much. And uh, everyone in the audience, stay safe out there. And remember to wear a mask. Night, everyone. Thank you.